every mom joining us here today feel honored, celebrated, and seen. For moms who are expecting and living in the middle of the joys, the fears, and the curiosity, God is faithful. For mothers with little ones who are living between the beauty of being a mom and the feeling of not doing enough, God is faithful. For moms with teenagers who exist in the push and pull of being too near and not being near enough, God is faithful. For moms in the empty nest who are living in the tension of will they be okay and the honesty of did I do okay, God is faithful. For grandmothers who are living every day with devotion, worry, wisdom, and a lot of praying, God is faithful. So let's make this a day of celebrating mothers and also a day of declaring the faithfulness of God over them. God is faithful to fulfill his promises. He's faithful to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's faithful to be the light when our faith grows dim and to be the song when we're too exhausted to sing. God is faithful to love us, carry us, form us, and restore us. And the very same God who has begun this good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. All because he is faithful. Happy Mother's Day. Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. And I'd like to say also there are many of you that are not moms yet, or maybe you've not been a mom, but you have served as a mom in so many lives of kids around you as you've taught Sunday school, as you've served in so many different places and in your own family. But I just want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. And just a reminder to all of you, if you didn't pick up your gift, we've got a nice little goodie bag with some lotion and chapstick and a bookmark and all kinds of good stuff in there. But there it's the table as you leave today. Make sure you get one if you have not yet. But we do want to welcome you to the service. And somebody told me something profound this week, and you've probably heard this before. If, if it weren't for my mother, I wouldn't be here. You know, you can take that so many ways. But as you think about it, I thought about it, and I'm thankful for a mom who loved me who pointed me to Jesus, who made church a priority. And uh, I'm thankful for many of you, some of you that are a little bit older than me, that, that helped me and so many of my generation know Jesus here. So thank you for your faithfulness, and happy Mother's Day. We want to welcome you to the service today. And if you're visiting with us, it's an honor to have you here today and encourage you before you leave to stop by our guest table located in the lobby. There's a television there with some things scrolling. And there's a, a guest bag there. Please pick one of those up and also uh, encourage you to fill out the guest card either in your bulletin or you can fill out one there or scan the QR code. But we'd love to have a record of your visit. And before our kids come up, just one, a couple quick announcements. Next Sunday, we will be in the sanctuary. We'll be having baptism service next week. So just make a note of that, that we will be in the sanctuary next Sunday morning. And then also, we are looking to do a Class 101, if there's enough interest. But we're looking at doing it immediately after the service on a Sunday morning. We'll provide lunch for your family. 
and uh, make it a quick class where we'll walk through what it means to be a part of East Tales Baptist Church, things we believe. Uh, but if you want to become a member of East Tales, what is required, but if you take the class, it doesn't mean you have to join. It just gives you a better understanding of who we are, and it's important to know what your church believes before you become a part of it. So we, if you are interested in taking Class 101 coming up soon, we don't have a date yet, I will be available uh, down front right after the service. Please come by, just give me your name, uh, phone number if I don't have that, so we can be in contact with you, or you can contact me via text. My number's in the bulletin or call the church office, but we'd love to know who's interested in doing that. But right now, we're going to ask everyone to stand. Take just a minute. If your mom's here, give her a big hug and kiss, and welcome one another to the service. is on actually. <laughs> Good morning. Um, happy Mother's Day. Being a mom is one of my greatest joys and it is an honor to celebrate with you guys today, um, whoever you're celebrating, um, but thank you for being here and you get to hear our kids worship group sing. Um, they've been practicing these songs and we hope you worship with us. Um, I just wanted to read quickly in Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So we hope these songs bring you joy and that you can truly worship with us.
Okay, so if you have a student that is up here singing, if you came with them today, if you would stand, that way they can see where you're sitting and they can come join you. So boys and girls, you're going to look for your parents or grandparents, whoever you came with, and go sit with them, okay? Don't forget to grab your stuff under your chairs. While they're um, sitting, I wanted to take a moment to remind you, if you have a student that is, will be a rising third grader to rising sixth grader, um, we would love to have them at children's camp this summer. We're going to Look Up Lodge in August. You can see me for more information. We have pamphlets around the church. But if again, if they are a rising third grader to rising sixth grader, we would love to have them at children's camp this summer. So thank you very much, and happy Mother's Day. Sister for worship this morning.
we come to this time of prayer, many of you got the phone tree um, yesterday, but George Wood, and a lot of us called him Junior, who's a longtime member of East Hills of Baptist Church, um, he passed away this past week, and the arrangements for Junior are as follows. Uh, family will receive friends tomorrow in the sanctuary from 1.30 to about 2.45, and then the service will be at 3 p.m. And if you will, uh, remember Junior and his family in prayer. Uh, he taught our Sunshine Sunday School class for about... 15 years, maybe longer. He was kind of the chaplain at Tellswell House and also at Shady Rest Home and very faithful. He never missed a church service unless he was sick. So we want to lift Anita and all of George's family in prayer. And during this prayer time, if you would lift him up in prayer, you may want to come with your mother and pray. You may not. That's okay. You may want to pray with them there uh, in, in your seat. But uh, as the choir leads us in this time of praise, if you'll meet me here at the altar, or you can stay seated or stay standing, if you will, let's pray for one another and lift this family up to the Lord in prayer. Thank you. as we go to this time of prayer would you lift up George's family in prayer at this time lift up his wife and his ch children his brothers and sisters extended family George loved his church he loved Jesus he was a teacher an evangelist and a good friend also at this time won't you take the time to just thank God for your mother and your grandmother the Bible says to honor your father and mother what a great time to do that through prayer Father we want to thank you Lord that you hear us when we pray thank you for the opportunity Lord to worship together Father thank you for this great day Lord we're, we've all been molded and shaped by our mothers and grandmothers and Father, I pray that we would never take that love that they show us for granted. Lord, I, I guess the closest thing to your love would be the love of a mother. It's unconditional. It's long-suffering. Lord, mothers hope and see the best in us when we're at our worst. Mothers see potential that we don't see. And we are who we are today, not only because of Jesus, but oftentimes because of the godly influence of our mothers and grandmothers. And Father, we want to thank you for that today. Lord, I'm also reminded that there may be many here today, and this is their first Mother's Day without their mother. And Father, I thank you for the grace that your word says is so, for, so sufficient for times like this. And Lord, you encourage and help. And Father, we'll forever thank you and praise you for what you alone can do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lay down your... Thank you. 
calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of The one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. For me, for me. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you. On your faithfulness, I'm calling on the God of Mary, whose favor rests upon the lowly. I know with you all things are
six years ago, my husband got hit on the head at work, and it was a cut. And when it started healing, it grew back to the point where it looked like a creature coming out of his head. And one of the radiologist doctors said that um, it could have been there from childhood, and the hit on the head activated it. He had stage four melanoma. He had that place, a place in his neck, in his lymph nodes, a place in his liver and his abdomen. So they tried different um, chemo medicine. Uh, he would go in remission and then he would come out. It was a constant battle. He would have good days and he had bad days. Atrium Wake Forest Baptist at Winston and in High Point, the Cancer Center were unbelievable people. From December 21 to November of 22, Mike was in and out of the hospital every month and sometimes every two weeks of each month. And he said he would keep on fighting until the good Lord took him home, and that's what he did. It's been three months since Mike passed away, and I was his caregiver for six years. And um, I'm slowly learning what to do with myself. I, I've learned to be on a strict schedule, on a budget, but it's still stressful, and it's a, it's a very heavy financial stress. People don't realize, even though all these hospitals say you make your deductible very quickly, but you have to pay those deductibles, and that's not including the the copay, the medicine, along with your other medical bills from the year before, or that you're still paying on those. And one one income's gone, but you still have the same amount of bills, and uh, the savings slowly dwindled away. When I received the letter from Mother's Day offering, I opened it up and there was tears of joy. I called my sisters, I called my son, um, I called my neighbor telling them, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened. The Mother's Day offering was a miracle. When I got the letter from them saying that it was paid in full, that was a miracle. I know it was a burden lifted off of me and I, I can't stress enough how much relief that was to receive that payment in full. The letter that I received, it was, it was a, a blessing. It really was. Thank you for donating to Mother's Day Offering. You don't know the relief for the ones that received this. I know because I was one of them. Thank you. I just want to encourage you to con consider giving to the Mother's Day offering. Uh, when you give here at East Hazel Baptist Church, we give to the cooperative program, which means you have cooperating Baptist churches. In America, there's about, I think, about 40,000. But in North Carolina, the cooperating Baptist churches, through this offering, give this offering to Baptist Hospital that help people who are in need with their hospital bills. We've had people since COVID, just since COVID, who have called me as the pastor and says, Pastor, uh, this is our situation. This is our situation. This is what we owe. What can I do? And I said, do this. 
<clears throat> called the chaplain of the hospital, who's Brian Davis, who's from this area, okay, married a young lady from this church. Um, I said, call him and see if there's anything they can do, okay? Almost every time there was something they could do. And a lot of those existing hospital bills, which can be so stressful on top of heartache and in her case, um, death, uh, it, it can help relieve a burden. So we take that offering up today and really this month. Uh, you, you have an envelope whenever you join East Tales of Baptist Church, we send you uh, tithing envelopes and in there there's a mother, Mother's Day offering just all, uh, envelope for that, but you can also write that on your tithing envelope anytime you want to. So I would encourage you to give to that. We don't know. It may be us, the next person in need. Baptist Hospital is a great hospital, and I'm so thankful. Let me ask you this question, if it's okay. How many of you here have either been to Baptist Hospital as a patient or had a loved one as a patient? Would you just raise your hand? Look around. Almost all of us, okay? Almost all of us. Other than the local hospitals, that's the number one hospital I go to. I told my wife, if something happens to me, please take me to Baptist, okay? Because I just believe in that hospital. You may have had a bad experience. I know everybody's experience is different. But uh, I've just been with too many of you guys at Baptist Hospital and not only seen the care that they give, but also the help that they can give if you have a financial need, okay? All right, well, that said, I want you to stand with me. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read verses. We're going to read verses 3 through 7. And I'm going to try to get through this quickly. All right, happy Mother's Day. But we're going to talk about the godly influence of grandmothers and mothers. Listen to this quote by John MacArthur. He says, for better or worse, <clears throat> women are the makers of men. They're the architects of the next generation. That's why the goal of becoming a godly mother is the highest and most noble pursuit of womanhood. What a tremendous statement. You have a letter two letters written to Timothy by Paul because of Lois and Eunice. The church at Ephesus flourished for a while because of Lois and Eunice and their, their uh, faithful um, influence in, in their son and grandson's life by the name of Timothy. Notice what Paul says. Paul says this in verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, desiring greatly to see you. The Apostle Paul says this. They had about 12 to 14 years of ministry together. He's, he's writing Timothy a letter. And when you handwrite a letter, okay, one of the most important things you can do for somebody is to handwrite a letter or a card. They'll keep it forever, especially in today's culture, right? And he's writing this letter to Timothy, and he says, I pray for you and I desire to see you again. Now this is a man talking to the man. He says, he says, mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. Then he says this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. He says, you're, you're the real deal, Timothy. And he says, but that faith dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also even now. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the standard of truth that we have. Father, we thank you for salvation. Father, I want to thank you for the people that you put in my lives when I was lost, like Timothy, who were tremendous examples, not perfect, but they were real. 
And Father, help us all to desire to be that type of person, Father. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Notice this picture on the screen. This is from the Mamertine prison uh, that Paul was in and also Peter was in. If you notice that little shrine there, you see an upside-down cross. Okay? Unfortunately, devil worshipers and Satanists have, have taken that symbol, but that was a symbol for Peter because he died. He asked to be crucified upside-down. Tradition tells us, really history tells us, that Paul and Peter both served time in this prison. Uh, the Roman culture was one of the first cultures to start prisons, well, jails, if you will. They, they thought it unthinkable that you would put a man uh, in something like this for 20 years. Unthinkable, okay? Unthinkable. Your offense had to be a, a violent offense, okay? Typically what they would do, if you, you were either a political opponent and you stayed here for a short period of time, or you're awaiting execution, and that's what Paul was doing. He was awaiting execution. He wrote the words I just read to you, the letter from that prison. From that prison. Okay? And he's writing to young Timothy, who has become the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Now, the church at Ephesus was started whenever Paul would go into Ephesus. He went on several journeys. He would go into a synagogue, and the Bible says that he would take scrolls, and he would preach this way, boldly, persuasively, and he would be almost argumentative. What that meant was it wasn't a bad thing. He said, let's talk about it. He would take a scroll and he would say, this Old Testament scroll is talking about Jesus, and then he would prove it, right? And he would be persuasive. He said, do you want to talk about it? And they had rabbis in there. They had students of the Old Testament law. They had, they had Greco-Roman people that would come. And the Bible says the people kept coming to hear Paul speak, Okay. Paul says, I got to leave, but I'm, if it's the Lord's will, I'm going to come back. Paul left Ephesus because he had other things to do, and he came back, and the Bible says this. He goes back to the synagogue, and he starts preaching boldly again. Then he starts a, uh, a lecture hall or a school of missions, if you will. The Bible says in Acts 9, 1990, he says, So Paul left them, he took the disciples with him, and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Tyrannus was a teacher. He had a lecture hall. He taught there from 11 to 4. Now get this. In, in this culture in Ephesus, people took what they called was a siesta. You know what that is? You take a nap. And all of God's people said, amen. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Well, this is what Paul said. He said, what I'm going to do is ask Tyrannus because I want to teach. From 11 to 4, nobody's using it. Can I use it? And he said, sure. And the Bible says that Paul did this. He, he would put out word come it says he, he taught the people in this hall in acts 19 says this went on for two years so that all the jews and greeks who lived in the province of asia heard the word of the lord for two years he taught every day from 11 to 4 boldly listen if you have the truth you can be bold you don't got to be arrogant about it but the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. Truth is truth. You can be bold about truth. Paul was bold about it. You know, Paul was a non-believer. He was a non-believer in Jesus. He persecuted the church. God saved him, and then Paul became convinced. Jesus, this is what Paul would tell you today. Jesus was historically born, historically lived, historically died, and historically rose from the dead. It's historically accurate. He was bold about it. No reason to be ashamed of your faith. You're the only people on the planet who have the actual truth. 
And Paul went there and he said, I, I'll prove it to you. Let's meet for two years. He taught, and the Bible says those students would leave that, that lecture hall over two years and started churches in Laodicea, Colossae, Hierapolis, and all these places. An amazing thing. And guess what happened to the church at Ephesus? Just kept growing. And Paul said, God ain't called me to be a long-time pastor. That's what Paul said, that's not my calling. My calling is to go to all these places, okay? Raise up people. Now, and, and Paul said, I gotta have somebody to come here and stay and just stay and be, and be the man of God that this place needs, okay? He's gonna have to stay. See, Paul didn't have to deal with a lot of the things Timothy had to deal with that comes from a long-term pastorate. He says, I gotta find the right guy. And God sent him Timothy. And Paul writes a letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy, right? Encouraging him. I know you're young. Don't let anybody despise your youth, he says. So you be an example to those people. And he says, he says this. He writes that letter. Then he's in prison knowing he's gonna die. He does die. He says, I gotta write to Timothy again. And he says, I miss you, buddy. Man, I miss you. Paul's all alone in this place. As a matter of fact, one historian said about this place, he, said, he made this statement. He said uh, his name was Sallust, an ancient historian. He said this place was 12 feet underground and described its appearance as disgusting and vile by reason of the filth, the darkness, and the stench. And Paul's here knowing he's going to die. And he says, I've got to write to Timothy. And he says, I love you. He says, I long to see you, even though he's not going to see him, and he's trying to encourage him. And, he, and what he does, he speaks life into him. But what he does by doing that, he honors Timothy's mother. Listen to me, ladies. Mother and grandmother. And we're going to look very quickly at Eunice. Notice the first point about Eunice. Eunice had a genuine faith. Paul says, when I call to remembrance, the genuine faith, that means without hypocrisy. All that means is real. It doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you don't mess up. It doesn't mean that you do everything right and say everything right, but you're, you're real, okay? He says, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which, look at the word dwelt. You know what that means? That means it's in the house. It's in the house. It's in the house. Look at me, men. That word dwelt means when you, when you punch in, if that's what you do to work on Monday, that your faith is dwelt there. That means it's real there, right? It's real. Students, what that means is, is that when you go to Alexander Central High School, early college, or whatever, if you have real faith, it's dwelt there Monday through Friday. Not perfect. I didn't expect any of my friends, I graduated lost, didn't expect any of them to be perfect. But I did expect them to be real. All right? That's what that means. And what Paul is saying is this. I see that faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. He said they were real and they showed that to you. And you're the person you are today because you saw the faith that they have. So you want to evangelize your children? You want to evangelize your children? Just be real. That's all. Just have a genuine faith. Love Jesus. You don't got to be a great theologian or be a great whatever. You don't gotta have, you don't, you don't gotta be able to write devotions. Don't you wish you could do that? Girl, wash your face or whatever that thing is, you know? Do your eyebrows or whatever. No, just be real. That's all it is. Your kids don't expect you to be perfect. 
She had a genuine faith. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you have a genuine faith? Do you have faith at all, men and women? Have you come to the point that you've placed your faith in Jesus? See, I placed my faith in Jesus on a Tuesday night, okay, in 1990, and I placed my faith in Jesus this morning. Hadn't wavered, not one bit. I, I believe more in Jesus now than I did then, and he changed my life. Now, let me ask you a question. Is your faith in Jesus? I'm not asking you, did you make a decision? Did you get baptized? I probably baptized many of you. Right now, what is your faith in? Somebody will say, how do I know I'm saved? What's your faith in? I'm kind of doubting, or I don't believe in Jesus. Well, then you're not saved. I don't care how many times you've been baptized. See, Lois and Eunice, Lois and Eunice, they lived that in front of their son and grandson, and it made a tremendous impact on them. The second thing, notice this. Eunice had a rebellious past. Uh-oh. Ladies, look at me. We all got junk in our trunk, don't we? At some time or the other. Notice this woman. Then he came to Derby and Lystra. Now, that's an amazing statement because Paul comes back to a place where they stoned him and left him for dead. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but, but his father was a Greek. Uh-oh, that's not supposed to happen. Jewish women in that culture were not supposed to marry pagan men, and she did. And guess what else? Notice, talking about Timothy, he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him to go with him and took him and what? Circumcised him. If you don't know what circumcision is, Mark Marshall's here today, and he'll tell you about that right after service. Amen. <laughs> Look, Paul wanted to give, have him to go with him. Now, think about this. All Jewish boys were commanded to be circumcised the eighth day. Eunice said, I'm going to marry a pagan, and I'm not going to have my boys circumcised. What happened to Eunice? God got a hold of her heart, probably through the influence of her mother, and she changed. Listen, mom, look, look, just, just let me tell you this. It's not too late to repent. It's not too late to make things right between you and the Lord because that's all that matters ultimately. It's not too late if you have to tell your kids, I'm sorry. It's not too late for that. It's not. It's not too late. See, God, we all have a past, amen? See, we all have a past before Jesus and don't hold that against people. We also have a past once we come to Jesus because everybody's spiritual life's like this is not. Be careful about putting people on a pedestal and also be careful about putting people in a closet. Because Eunice was probably set to the side. And God says, I got great plans for you, lady. And God changed her now. Listen to you ladies who have husbands who don't believe that's where she was. Notice what Peter tells us. Peter says, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands. All men want that on a Christian t-shirt, right? But then it says this, that even if some do not, look at this, obey the word. You know what that means? It means not only that they don't obey it, but they hate it. They hate it. They snub their nose at it. They're like, are you crazy? I'm not believing that. I don't want to believe it. Even if it's true, I will not believe it. Now, in Peter's day, just like Paul's, women married non-Christians because a lot of them were lost when they got married. 
lot of them had no other options. A lot of them didn't know better. And then they get right with Jesus and they say, I want my husband to love you like I do. And Peter says, this is the only advice I can give you. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Even if some do not obey the word, they, now look at this, ladies, without a word. Amen? You say, what? How do you share the gospel without a word? It doesn't mean you don't share the gospel. What it means is you don't do it every day. Listen, when I worked in furniture, God saved me, and I had truck drivers that would come in every day, good men. Some were saved, most were lost. And I, I got convicted about leading these guys to Jesus, and I just try to share the gospel every day. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, will you stop? Will you just stop that? Just be their friend. And I said, you know what, you're right. So I just tried to live as best I could, just being real before these men. And I saw many of those men come to Jesus without a word, right? Without a word, ladies. What he's saying is that your character and your influence on your husbands and your children, look, that they may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe, that, wor that word observe means they're looking, whether you believe it or not. It means to be an eyewitness to it. Now, this is the same thing Timothy had with his mother Lois and Eunice, her grandmother Lois and mother Eunice. He observed them, okay? Peter says when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, they're just gonna see that your faith is genuine, okay? So Eunice, Eunice had a genuine faith. She had a rebellious past, and I think she come out of that past by this. Eunice had a godly mother. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Notice, which dwelt first, which was it at home with your grandmother. Aren't you thankful for your grandmothers? Are you not blessed to have a grandmother? I shared the, uh, the other night we're doing a marriage class on Wednesday nights. Did one on communication. Everybody should watch it. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. Chip Ingram's advice on communicating with other people was tremendous, A+. Plus. And I said, isn't it amazing how some people know you enough they'll just speak the truth? I said, that was my grandmother. I'd go visit my grandmother at Valley, sweetest woman ever. And you know what she'd say? James, preaching's making you fat. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you. I'd lose some weight, go back to see Grandma. You know what she'd say? This is what she'd say. Are you sick, son? I'd say, no. She'd say, Renee don't cook, does she? I said, yeah, she cooks, Grandma. That was grandma. She'd say stuff like this. Don't stand on a table or you'll marry before you're able. And then she'd say, like your mama. And I'd say, oh, yeah, grandma. Okay. Grandmas, are, are they not the blessing of life? I was privileged to preach uh, my both grandparents, grandmothers, and grandfathers' funerals. They all four impacted my life in a spiritual way. Learned so much from, from all of them. What a blessing. Uh, grandparents, grandmothers, listen to this. One little boy was asked to describe his grandmother, and he said, a grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own, so she loves everybody else's kids. Grandmas don't have to do anything but be there. If they take you for a walk, they slow down past the leaves and the caterpillars. They can answer questions like, why dogs hate cats and why God isn't married. When they read to you, they don't skip parts or mind if it's the same story over and over again. Everyone should have a grandmother because they're the only grown-ups who have time for you. Is that not a 
truth. See, Timothy was blessed not only with a godly mother, but a godly grandmother. And then the final thing is this. Eunice helped change Ephesus. Notice what Paul says. Later on in that chapter, he says, Therefore, because of these things, I remind you to stir up the gift. Now notice that, ladies, in your kid. Who, who did that? Who helped Timothy discover his gift? Lois and Eunice. Now think about how much time you put into your children's spiritual life. Now I want everybody to think about this for a moment. I grew up playing sports and I loved it. It was life changing for me. Okay, it was a, it was a thing that I needed. But your child has about a 0.02% chance of becoming a professional athlete. Your child has a 100% chance of standing before Jesus one day. Now think about that for a minute. The Olympic Games were big in Ephesus. All mothers wanted their boys to participate and win. Lois and Eunice pushed him toward Jesus. Okay? Lois and Eunice pushed this young man to stir up the gift that was in him. Paul said, Paul said this gift is so evident that I'm going to lay my hands on you. What that means is, is if a guy come up here and said, Preacher, I want to be ordained for the ministry. Okay? If I believed in this young man as a pastor of this church, I'd lay my hands on him. If I didn't, I wouldn't. I've been a part of a, a few ordination services where I didn't touch the person. And I'm not putting my hands on him. Okay? Paul said, You're, the, the gift that's in you, Timothy, is so evident that I'm going to, the Apostle Paul, lay my hands on you and ordain you for the ministry. Why? Because Lois and Eunice helped that young man develop his gift. How'd they do it? Notice the next verse. Paul says this, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's something to tell a young preacher. They're going to come after you. He says, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of. He's, he's convinced of it, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Lois and Eunice. Lois and Eunice helped change Ephesus. I think it was, was it Teddy Roosevelt who said this? He made this statement. He said, when all is said, it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation is of greater use and value to the community and occupies, if she only would realize it, a more honorable as well as a more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist or any preacher or evangelist. Amen. What do you do if you've had a godly mother? Well, the writer of Proverbs tells us. Notice on the screen, children should rise up. That means that you, children, what that means is this. You make a determination to stand up sometime and publicly praise your mother. 
It's a choice you make. You know, I oftentimes see uh, children stand up at a funeral and praise their parents, which is good. Why don't you tell them why they're alive? Amen. Tell them. The writer of Proverbs says her children will rise up. They'll, they'll make a determination, set time apart, and say, Mom, thank you for this. Her husband also, and look at, the, what, look at this word. In the Hebrew, this is almost uh, blasphemy. It's almost blasphemy. If you didn't understand why it's here, he also, look at the word praise. That's where we get the word hallelujah. That's only reserved for God, Yahweh. You cannot say that about any other person. And one, one scholar says this about this word. He says, it's the same word that is used in praise the Lord in the Psalms. God's word rarely says to praise anything except God, and yet here God is exhorting men to praise godly women. We're not to praise them as we praise God. That would be idolatry. But God has given women the highest honor, blessing and esteem that he gives to people. It is amazing to me how some people say the Bible demeans women when the truth is it is the only religious book that truly dignifies and esteems women. In fact, it gives them the highest honorable possible praise, just below praising God, and you can't get any higher than that. We saw this lived out several years ago, and I showed this video probably about five years ago, but it was when Kevin Durant won the NBA MVP. And Kevin Durant grew up in a single-parent home. Right now, his contract is four years, $194 million, so he's not hurting. But when he won the MVP, I think he was playing with Oklahoma City Thunder, okay? At the end of his speech, he saves one person for last, and notice what he says on the screen, and then we'll close. 1414 Kia NBA MVP Kevin Durant. Wow. Wow. Thank, thank you guys so much. I'm usually good at, uh, at talking, but um, I'm a little nervous today. My dream was to become uh, a rec league coach. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay home and, and help the kids out and, and be a coach. I love basketball so much. I love playing it. I just never thought that I could make it to college, NBA, or stand up here today in front of you guys and be an NBA MVP. Thank you to Oklahoma for calling me Mr. Unreliable. Thank you. And, and last, my mom. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. You put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. Is that not good? Think about that for a moment. Kevin Durant in his speech said this. He said, Mama, you remember when we got our first apartment? He said, there's no furniture. And he said, we hugged each other because we thought we made it. See, his, his mother believed in him. He said, when, when, when I ate, she didn't eat. What a blessing. If you have a mother like that, you should thank God for her, amen. I want you to stand with me for just a few moments as our musicians come.
As they come, I would say this, today would be a good day to give your life to Jesus. Today would be a good day to give your life to Jesus. Do you have a genuine faith? Nothing is more important than that. Is your faith real? What are you trusting in now for salvation? I would also say this, are you using your gift for God's glory? Thank God for Timothy, but he had to understand his gift and then use it. And then to all the parents, especially mothers, ask God to help you to be the parent, the grandparent that God has asked you to be. Thank God for Jesus. Let's pray together and then this, this, this altar's open if you need it. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. Lord, we wanna thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, thank you for a young man by the name of Timothy. Thank you for these two letters that Paul wrote. Lord, I wanna thank you for Lois and Eunice. Lord, help us all to strive to be that type of person. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for it. Lord, if there's anyone here today that's never placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that, Lord, today would be their day of salvation and that you'd be honored and glorified because of it, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As Sharon leads us in this song, you respond as the Lord leads you this morning. comes to a close, I want to thank you so much for being here today. As Kevin mentioned during the announcement time, that if you're interested in Class 101, please please come up to the front here and we'll talk to you about that, okay? Please remember George Wood's family in prayer. Good man, love Jesus, uh, kind of one of the backbones of this church. He's been, I don't even know how long he's been a member here, over 30 or 40 years. So if you will remember uh, his wife and children in prayer and the rest of his family, uh, if you would, and I hope everyone has a blessed, happy Mother's Day. Thank you, moms, for what you do, grandmothers, for what you do. God bless you. You're dismissed, and hope to see you back here Wednesday. Thank you.